Hello and welcome to the latest Pigs Today podcast brought to you by Pig World. Uh, today we're very much focusing on uh, young MPA uh, and their exploits and with us we have the Vice Chairman uh, Jack Bosworth, an Essex farmer and Yorkshire's very own Anna Longthorpe of Anna's Happy Trotters fame. Hello both and welcome. Hello. Hello. How is everyone? Yeah, we're, we're well, thanks, Ascend. It's, uh, yeah, nice and warm. And uh, yeah, every, everything's good. Apart yeah. from the pigs. Yeah, and apart from the cost, <laughs> apart from the cost of producing them. Yeah, apart from that. Okay. Um, Anna, are you well? Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah, a lot cooler here today, thank goodness. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, had a bit of rain, which was nice. So. Which will, yeah, which will help, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right. So today, before we get on to um, uh, pig matters, uh, we want to talk about the YNPA challenge that has been absolutely uh, smashing it, really. And it's involved the, you know, a big part of the young MPA raising money for a great cause. Uh, Jack, do you want us for those that don't know about it? Do you want to just um, t- talk us through uh, the idea and, and what you're all doing? Yeah, so uh, basically, we uh, we have the the young MPA steering group, and prior to COVID hitting, it was always on our agenda that we would like to get a, a group of people together um, to to do something worthwhile and and raise money for a, for a good cause. Um, obviously, COVID knocked the the togetherness out of it in a way, um, but we we didn't want to delay any longer, and we decided that we'd launch the uh, young MPA Challenge 21. Um, so we set a target of 883 miles to be either um, walked, cycled, um, run, uh, or any form of activity like that um, to try and get this this target of 883 miles, which um, signals uh, the north, east, south, and west uh, banners um, from the banner campaign. Yeah, the uh, um, they put British pork on your foot banners, which have been uh, appearing one. all over the country. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. So with that, we had in mind that we'd we'd start with a pound a mile as the um, the aim, and uh, so far, I think as of today, we're at about a thousand and forty miles, and a thousand and eighty eight pounds raised, and I think we've got about another nine hundred and forty uh, pounds to come in, which is brilliant. And I just want to say thanks to all the members that have participated so far, um, everyone that's donated, and of course, some people, um, Quality Equipment and Zarkos Smith Associates that have very kindly sponsored us. And of course, raising money for a really, really uh, good cause and one quite close to, to YMPA's heart. Yeah, so Farming Community Network, um, they're a, a really important charity to the, to the community. Um, so they basically support farmers and their families going through difficult times whether that be sort of financially um physically or, or mentally and they're they're really key particularly given the the challenges that are facing many of us at the minute um so we really wanted to try and obviously raise some funds for them but also some awareness to the the work that they do so yeah really yeah. happy to be able to do that that's great stuff that, 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 as you say it's not just the money it's the awareness and, and just p- for people to know that they are there if needed um and as you say people have been doing it in all sorts of different ways anna how's it been for you how have you been uh, uh, clocking up the miles uh it's, it's been slow and steady for me actually because i've <laughs> recently broken well broke my fibula about 10 11 weeks ago now i think it was well that should be at least double miles for you or, <laughs> or double payment i think in that case 
Yeah, I think that, I mean, I naively thought as soon as I was out of cast that I'd just, just be up and away sort of running a marathon, but actually no. it's not, not quite like that. Um, so, yeah, it's still, very, it's still very steady. But but no, um, cracking on with it. We did a 20-mile bike ride. Um, was that last weekend, I think it was? Um, yeah, again, a bit naively of me. I think I still think that I'm, I'm 18 and I can just go and do <laughs> yeah. these things and not feel it, uh, but actually yeah. the following day... Um, yeah. yeah well you say that but isn't it quite a good thing that I mean for, for everyone that's that's taking part that actually just realizing that actually doing exercising every day can have okay it can be a bit painful but I mean that in itself uh, it has great benefits and quite a good message yeah absolutely I mean it does it, it makes you feel good it's yeah it's natural uh, feel good yeah excellent uh, Jack what about you have you what's what have you been doing running walking cycling well, uh, to be honest, I always try and do as little as possible. But um, <laughs> when when it came to it being uh, for a good cause like uh, the FCN, you know, I thought I'd better do something. So I've done a little bit of running. Then, yeah, I went to cycling because I thought that would be easier. Turns out it's not that much easier. Um, <laughs> it depends then, if it's yeah, up or downhill. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. exactly. Um, and then, yeah, just, just quite a bit of walking as well. Um, so I think I've done probably about 50 or 60 miles which i'm quite pleased with um given my physique which is obviously prime and and peak at well, the moment Jack. Kind, yeah I'll, I'll pay you after this yeah or it is now yeah good stuff well i think it's been a fantastic collective effort uh, and uh, as we speak uh, on uh, june 17 there's only a few days left um however people can i mean the really important thing is that people can still uh, donate uh, even after it's finished on, on on june 21 so shall i just give the uh, i'll give, just give the, the the address it's um, a web address justgiving.com forward slash fundraising ympa challenge 21 if you haven't donated uh, really great effort by ympa and uh, a really great cause uh, and as jack already mentioned i think thanks also to QE and Zarkos Associates, who have um, sponsored the Sundays. Now, now so it's, you call it Sunday Fun Day, don't you, Jack? What, what's, what's that all about? Yeah, I, I heard it from someone a long time ago, and then um, I think I'd had a few beers in the garden on a Saturday and decided to um, put the feelers out for, for some sponsorship. And then, uh, yeah, Sunday Fun Day appeared, which was not fun about, you know, cycling 70 miles or whatever. So, uh, yeah, no, no, we're really grateful to... Um, quality equipment and Zarko Smith Associates for sponsoring that that's really helped give everyone a lift at the end of the week and um, yeah no it's great and it's going to give it yeah and it'll give a good boost uh, to, to the final total uh, I mean that's been a really positive thing that everyone's done uh, and it's green you know, it's great to be able to talk about it isn't it something something cheery because I mean it there's no way of really getting around this it's been a, it's a tough time uh, across the industry isn't it I mean I just listened into the NPA's big industry group and the regional roundups were really focusing on this, this, the same themes, which was the really, really high costs of production. And then, uh, you know, issues with straw and um, I mean, allied to that recently, labour issues. I mean, Anna, how, how has it been on your farm? I mean, I suppose we have to go back really for the past, mm. what, 12 months, don't we? It's been it's, it's been a tricky time. I mean, just just how is it? Um, yeah, I mean, as, as you say, costs have gone through the roof um, and pig price has been through the floor. <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, we're, we're very lucky. I'm, I'm partly protected from it because we sell directs to sort of butcher and farm shops. And yeah, so, so I'm 
I'm the dictator of price rather than being dictated to. Um, but at the same time, time that it, it has a ceiling at how you know how high I can go with my with my pricing. So yeah, it's without a doubt a, a difficult time. Yeah, I mean your business is, is probably different to a lot of um, big businesses, isn't, isn't it? That you've got um, you, you've got your own retail outlets and you've got the outlets that, that you supply to. Plus, of course, you've got outdoor and uh, free range, which is still relatively rare. I mean that. I mean in the long term. Although obviously you 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 you're constantly lumbered with higher cost of production in the long term, is that a more is that have you found that to be quite a stable business business model? It has been. I mean, it's, it's, the whole time we've been doing this, we've we've kind of carried a little bit of a surplus just because obviously, if I get a new customer, I, I don't want to have to wait four months before I can start supplying them. So we've we've always carried that little bit of surplus, but I'm I'm running it really tight at the moment because i just i can't afford to be paid less than my well a, an awful lot less than my cost of production um, no i mean nobody can for very long can they no and uh, and i mean the the other challenge that we constantly have is so yeah find, finding the right kind of land for free range pigs up at, up in yorkshire you know there's there's not a massive amount of it so that's it's always like an ongoing challenge and you're looking to uh, you looking to expand, looking to get um, more more pigs out on the land. Like I said, we, we're running it very tight at the moment uh, and playing it very very safe with with the costs the way they are. Um, usually, I'm not quite as yeah quite as tight, but yeah, always on the lookout. Not necessarily to expand, but just because we need to rotate yeah. where the pigs are. Yeah. Okay, so so I mean, yeah, it's a uh, difficult time for for whichever business model you've got. And Jack, I mean, what about your own challenges? Uh, you you've got a mixed farm. Is it indoor pigs and alongside kind of arable and, and other enterprises? Yeah, that's right. So we're uh, we're five hundred and forty sows here, all indoors. Um, we finish uh, just over half the progeny on that site, and then we have another site that's a bed and breakfast unit in Norfolk. Um, and then, yeah, we have have about 700 acres of arable. Um, so we home mill and mix, which certainly helps. But uh, we're, we're also having to buy in now. And it's it's completely the wrong time to obviously be, be trying to do that. I think what makes it really tricky is, you know, when there's little to no margin, there becomes little to no room for error. And that puts everybody under a huge amount of pressure. Um, and, and we've obviously had to adapt as everyone else has. You know, we, we made a significant investment in 2018 to to expand the herd. Um, so, so we doubled that. And, you know, fortunately, that that took our labor costs from somewhere around 430 pounds a sow per year uh, to, to around 300. So, you know, if we hadn't have done that, things would be even tighter for us. And I, I think as these challenges come along, you, you just try and get better at everything you do but it's um yeah certainly a challenge for for everyone here and it, it's hard putting that that sort of pressure on people um particularly when you know you have got some some younger staff and uh yeah it's it's tricky but i'm sure we'll we'll come through it um with a bit of help and and sort of push on again i mean the pig industry is used to to to, to ups and downs i mean the, the you know the, the pig cycle has been there have been many times over the past due to either high prices or, or, or rather low prices or high costs or a combination that uh, there have been negative margins. What I mean, I did, from, from the outside, from my perspective, 
what seems to characterize the current situation is that the costs are exceptionally high, aren't they? I mean, we, we had a period of low prices, um, which are still relatively low earlier in the year and in the autumn, but the costs have are high and have seemed to have remained high for a long time, which is partly to do with global commodity issues. Is that, I mean, is that how it feels from, from your end? Does this feel different to kind of previous uh, n negative uh, cycles? Yeah, I think I think it does. And, uh, you know, you have to also account for the fact that we've we've had to deal with COVID and Brexit, um, which are two completely different challenges that, that we've never faced. And, you know, that at, at a time when the industry is suffering anyway, um, was was enough and probably still will be enough to tip tip more units over the edge and people will go out of it. But to give you an idea, you know, the the feed for April for us, um, this, it's a bit misleading because all our sales are here, but for, for this unit, um, the feed amounted to 60% of our total sales for that month. So you just haven't yeah. got, you've still got your staff to pay, you've got all your sundries, your utilities, and it's it's just incredibly tight. And it, yeah, it's uh, a completely different ball game this time around, I think. And that's sometimes manageable for a short time if the business has has managed to to to, to save and, uh, and to, to kind of earn profits in the past but it's just it's the lot it's just the length of time that we've been facing this situation Anna I mean you've talked about your own business uh, you obviously speak to other farmers locally how what's the mood like uh, where you are in Yorkshire I know it's never that cheery but <laughs> what, what's I mean what's it like in terms of you know people's outlook uh, on the current situation I, th I think we're, we're generally optimistic. I mean, we're, we're used to going through through challenging times. Um, I think, you know, you, you have to be resilient as a, as a farmer because it's the nature of, it's just the nature of the beast, isn't it? But, um, but yeah, with, without a doubt, it's been, been a challenging time, but it's just like, like any other business, it's like managing numbers. Um, yeah and albeit for a longer time <laughs> yeah just just being just being very careful with with numbers yeah i mean i suppose that if you're looking at the positives prices are rising but i wouldn't say uh necessarily as, as as quickly as they as they could be i mean any thoughts on that i mean in terms of your own businesses or in terms of what you're seeing more more widely what what is your perspective on, on, on price are you expecting it to go quite a lot higher I'm oh gosh, I, I'll be completely honest. I don't really know my my whole thoughts around pricing um, from the very beginning of getting into pigs is yeah. My thoughts on it is we are a business. We should be able to charge a price that is cost plus margin, and it's it's always frustrated me that we we we're not allowed to do that and we can't do that. Um, and I've spoken to processors to try you know to try and negotiate something like that because clearly the processors are allowed to make these margins uh, you know consistently supermarkets are allowed to make margins consistently there's plenty of money in that um there's plenty of money in the supply chain so why are we always subsidizing profits absolutely and and does that does that kind of strategy does that approach have different um kind of rewards depending on a what you're selling because i mean there's clearly a big premium on on, on free range pigs and be where you're selling into because i'm you selling into various different outlets i mean do, do you kind of have 
more success with that in in some markets than others oh yeah yeah without a doubt so like i said the majority of my pigs go to a, a number of smaller outlets with whom i have a a very good relationship with and i'm very open from the beginning that what what my model is it's uh that I, I know what my costs are and i'm going to charge a you know a constant you know to to ensure that i make a constant steady margin rather than sometimes making money sometimes losing money and um, that's that's just the model i've yeah and you've got the brand as well and you've created that brand as well that's well known um well uh, nationally I, I would have thought isn't it so and, and that and that helps it does help. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, I've, I've put my prices up recently, and you know, I, I do get pushed back and grumbles and stuff. But um, and you know, when when prices are, are very low, um, pig prices, I do get asked to put them down. Funnily enough, when prices go, you know, the standard pig price goes up, I don't get asked to put them up. <laughs> <laughs> strange, strange, uh, strange, strange that. Isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just managing that and being very open and honest about what my business model is with with my customers. Uh, and both of you, I mean, uh, and Jack, and, uh, the the, I mean, the one upside that we, that we we're, we're seeing at the moment is, it's looking like a better harvest, isn't it? Uh, and obviously, we've got it's not just what's going to happen in the UK. We've got um, global factors to play in as well. But the futures are reflecting. Um, you know more ample more more ample supplies of feed ingredients so i mean there is hope for the future but we need something more immediate than that don't we the industry needs something the industry need needs costs to fall more quickly that, than they are doing doesn't it yeah yeah there's no doubt about it ali that it you know costs need to come down and, and price needs to go up you you look at average costs in in the first quarter of the year at 174 a kilo you know and and like I was saying earlier, we we averaged um, for April one forty eight a kilo, you know. So it doesn't mm. take genius to to see no. that the people aren't going to last that long um, if that continues. I think I think hopefully we will have a good harvest here, but like you say, that that impact on a global market, yeah, how much does that really stack up? You know, it, it needs to be a, a global thing um, to to kind of bring those prices back down to a sensible level. Um, but the, the beauty of our arable uh, when we're not having to buy in is, is obviously it just becomes about cost of production on the arable and, and you try and, um, you know, do it, do as much as you can, as much ground as you can, uh, to give you as much food for the year. Yeah. Okay. And that's a, and that's a probably quite a more secure model than, 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 you know, than others uh, buying it all in externally. Yeah. I, I think the beauty of the, of, you know, farming it yourself and having the home mill and mix is, is when, there was quite a significant difference between the cost of wheat and the cost of barley. We could up our barley usage and lower our wheat and, and, you know, just um, try and try and create a bit more margin there. But uh, it gives that, that level of flexibility. That's for sure to, to try and do things like that. But again, now with where prices are, there's, there's less of a gap between feed barley and feed wheat and, and either prices is, is pretty extortionate. So um, again, it was just a short-term, short-term gain, just to try and try and get us through a bit further. Yeah, well, yeah, well, hopefully uh, things are things are going to turn. It's not, it's not going to be easy. Um, and the Young MPA is a great um, institution, and it's kind of, I think it's grown more in in the last um, year or so. And it's about, uh, you know, you, you come together, and it's all about getting young people kind of engaged politically, socially, etc. 
kind of people in the industry is a, is a long running, getting getting the right people in the industry is, is a long running uh, discussion point, isn't it? Kind of re related to that at the moment, we are really, there's, there's an issue over labor, isn't there? There's, 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 there's not, uh, we're seeing shortages of uh, labor from all, all sorts of reasons, Brexit, COVID. Uh, are you experiencing any of that at the moment? Uh, or, or are you seeing it in the businesses around you at the moment? Well, we're actually uh, trying to recruit for uh, another stockman at the minute. Um, I think the job's been up for maybe a week or two. We've had one applicant. Um, and then, yeah, we've, we've also been trying to get some agency staff um, in for, for two days a week. And we can't get hold of anyone. You know, we're being told that um, what what people they do have on their list, you know, they're just already working and there's... Um, there's not the number of people that that there were so mm. yeah it's certainly a tricky time and we've we've still got to look at how we can make this industry more attractive for for people to come into because it it is a good industry you know there's there's plenty going on um it can be can be rewarding so it can be hard work as well but you know it is a good good thing to get into for people and they can go far um but yeah there's something that we need to do at, at that sort of bottom end to to try and get people on board really and there has to be a role for ympa in that doesn't it because you know there you all are uh you know generally uh people have drawn from all sorts of big businesses successful businesses and i think that you know is that part of what uh, ympa is about going forward trying to just i'm just going to say sell or promote the industry as, as something that is you know really great potentially uh, <laughs> despite the conversation that we've just had uh, you know yeah. that, that can be on balance a really great one to to come into. Yeah, yeah, and there's you know there's some fantastic people working in it, and uh, you know you, uh, of course you're doing business with these people, but you can make some really good friends uh, doing doing what we do. And yeah, we we obviously with the the young MPA we wanted to try and get out to freshers fairs and things like that, but COVID certainly um, put a bit of a stop to that. So fingers crossed as time goes on we'll we'll be able to look at that and see what we can do to to try and encourage some more people in I, you know i think once we've got people in and and they're working within the industry actually many of them stay you know so it's it's not the issue of what's going on once they're in it's just trying to trying to get people interested and anna your family uh, I, I know for a fact your family's got an interest in uh, agricultural training I mean, how do you see that? Do you see that as a part of it as well? Um, you know, the, the need to, 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 to just develop talent, to attract talent and develop it. Uh, is that something that's directly affected your business or something something that you see kind of more industry-wide? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I, th I think our sort of ethos in, in all areas of our business over the years has been to recruit for sort of the attitude attitude rather than for any particular skill set because skills can like it can all be taught and we're you know very much into training all, all of our you know everybody um that yeah yeah you can teach those skill sets you can't teach somebody to to be respond you know be responsible and you know punctual and and have yeah you, you need those key qualities to start with and you can mold yeah. Old people into um i mean we've got some great people that work in our business and they can you know they can teach them everything that they need to know so it's about getting the right personalities and then 
developing them and putting them in the right places and and kind of seeing how they how they flourish yeah absolutely and i think for anyone i don't know i'm not sure this i'm sure the listenership to this is is massive and 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 wide uh, the, the um i think something that people don't really realize about the pig sector is there's a whole range of businesses a whole range of jobs on farms off farms i mean look at your two businesses i mean you've got the the um the, the outdoor, the, the the free range, and and um, you know there's there's all sorts of jobs around the industry. I mean that's something to promote as well, isn't it? It's, it's you know it's an industry that's kind of full of interest. Oh, completely. I mean, I think um, and just just as an example, back in my school days, um, both myself and my brother were sort of tried our, our sort of school teachers and headmaster tried to steer us away from farming because you know it'd be a waste of our education and I think the perception back then and some sometimes by some still now is that farming is about you know that someone having a pitch, pitchfork in their hand and shoveling the you know what <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and you know it, it, it can still be it's, you know that, that can still be the perception but you yeah. know farming has come on technologically in in so many ways god it's it's just you know it blows my mind how far it's come in the last 10 years and i mean that's another aspect isn't it i mean not not just in in genetics but in data recording and all sorts of areas there's i mean there's so much that's happened so far and also in reality so much further to go on that yeah, definitely. But yeah, the, the opportunity, there's so many exciting opportunities in yeah, allied industries and and um, yeah, so so many opportunities. And without well, dwelling on the negatives, Jack, I mean, this we, we all know, and let's not go into it in too much depth in this in this particular uh, discussion, but we all know there's some, there can be some unwanted attention and some uh, negative portrayals, but it's, a, in, it's an industry that is really fundamentally proud of what it does, isn't it? It is, you know, and, and uh, just going back to what we were saying about the, the pig industry sort of versus other industries, what I really like compared to, to the arable side is is how small the pig industry is. You know, everyone sort of knows of one another and, and is happy to share ideas that sometimes you you don't get on the, the arable side. And, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I think there's plenty of good things to shout about there. And... Uh, yeah, fingers crossed we can we can get some more people in because once they're in, they they do see what a good industry it is. And you know, you were saying about the the difference between sort of mine and Anna's units and our our need for a stockman. You know, the the requirements we need now compared to ten years ago are so different. It's there's a lot of technology involved. It's it's yeah, it's a really different um, concept now to to what it was, and I think it's really exciting going forward. It is. It's, it's uncertain and it's exciting, isn't it? I mean, sorry, were you going to say something, Anna? No, sorry. So, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's, you know, as Jack said, it is a really exciting time. It's uncertain as well. I mean, you've got, we've got some issues, again, maybe not to go into in depth here, but we've got issues around firing crates, um, some of the Brexit trade implications. That could be a, that's probably another podcast, but I mean, oh, Dally, if you talk to me about firing <laughs> crates, I'll be here all day. Right, so, um... I'll give you. A, well, okay, Jack, <laughs> we'll, we'll give you. Two, we'll give you two minutes on that. I mean, I think we need to. I think we need to reference it because it, it's uh, it's an, it's probably one of the biggest issues, isn't it? What's your take on it as a business? Well, uh, looking this morning, quarter to date pre weaning mortality four point four percent. If we ditch the crates 
you'll at least double it more than that it'll be more than double it and i just think the whole all these years we've been trying to push genetics to to get more pigs out of sows rear them successfully and then they want to pull the plug on that you know still have as many numbers as you like less are going to make it and i just don't see the sense in it you know i i can understand a bit of a, a welfare debate but i'm still not sure that people know what necessarily is good welfare my view on good welfare is producing as many animals as possible as well as you can um that that's what we try and do here and that's what we set our staff up to try and do that's what motivates our staff um the the crates keep them safe um it keeps the piglets safer and then yeah we're talking about getting rid of that and and still trying to motivate our staff to uh, do the same job but with less tools and it's just I, I really can't get my head around it particularly when you know are the government going to promise that no imports from from anywhere else you know are going to going to come from anyone that's got firing crates I, I don't think they can do that so I think this is the where the unintended consequences come in and it's it's just the awareness isn't it for, from people pushing for a ban from government what Need, there needs to be a full awareness of, as you say, the alternatives and whether they uh, are as effective as firing crates or not, and of the cost, because that's key. We've just had this discussion about cost, haven't we? We've yeah, just been talking yeah. about the cost today and the record cost of production and how we're at the mercy of the commodity markets to an extent, but this is going to add potentially enormous amount of cost into yeah. what we've just been talking about. And if we're already talking about people leaving the industry, whatever the Kind of wider arguments of this what, what what i think there needs to be a full awareness of is you can't just do something that ends production in the uk that decreases production in the uk so much that we just import all our pork from places that don't use these that don't, that don't have the same rules yeah yeah exactly I, I think you know first and foremost people need a choice so there's there's room for everyone in this industry you know and and whether that's us guys with the conventional crates or, or people that are firing outdoors, you know, there's there's room for all of it because the public want the choice. The public have different, um, you know, needs for what they're buying, um, expect different standards. I, I completely get that. And I just don't think you can take it away from some producers, but then bring it in from producers abroad. It, it, it just doesn't make sense to me at all. Anna, how do you see it? Because, I'm, because with coming at it from your uh, perspective, I mean, in some ways there could be implications for you if uh, production is for more production is, is forced outside but obviously that's a very kind of individual way of looking at it i mean how, how, how do you see it I, I completely agree with jack i mean I, I think consumers in the uk are very lucky to have the the amount of choice that they do um it's you know it, it's absolutely impossible for you know for all production to be outside you know it, it, to, to me a lot a lot of these rules are, are brought in by people that haven't stepped foot on a farm yeah <laughs> well it, yeah and it, it, it really annoys me um at, at the end of the day what is welfare and who knows you know mm. who who knows and sees that welfare on the farm yeah the fact the farmers do and you know farrowing crates as far you know we don't use them obviously I've, I've not got any experience but from what i can gather is there to protect the piglets so um you, you know who whose welfare is more important is it mums or is it piglets or is it a bit of both and mm. 
you, you make various choices on your farms depending on what you know where you see the the priorities are in terms of welfare i mean we've we've had people come to our farm that say that nose ringing's um you know cruel or whatever um but then we explain the reasons behind it and then you know that they soon see that oh actually that's protecting the piglets as well so yeah that's that's fine it's interesting that actually anna because um yeah, we, we showed a, a group of people around from a, a care home. Um, this was pre-COVID and we spoke about farrowing crates and, and they asked, you know, why they're in there. And when we explained it and, and we did actually say, oh, we're not sure how much longer they're going to be about, you know, they, they couldn't understand why the government were wanting to do away with them. It was um, so, so, you know, consumers will understand um if they can see there's there's purpose to something and it's you know the other thing just to add is that when we doubled the herd in 2018 we borrowed a considerable amount of money and, and put double the crates in and then you know here we are a few years later and and we're thinking well crikey when are they actually going you know and, and it's yeah. got to be if they do go they've got to be very sensibly phased out and there's there's got to be a good alternative there which uh, personally i don't think there is at the minute and i think you've just hinted on the fact that the there's not from what there's not necessarily going to be a premium from consumers and therefore the supply chain in, in the marketplace uh, to cover the extra cost so look um we're, we're we're close to running out of time but just i think on on this issue we also uh, it, i think the good news for the industry is that the mpa is going to be fighting its corner very hard uh, making all these making all these arguments We've, we've run out of time to discuss uh, tr uh, the future of trade deals, which is an, another huge subject. And as I said, that will have to be the subject of a completely separate, uh, separate podcast. But I want to finish on a positive note. And, you know, you are the, you know, the, the YMPA. It's all about the future of the industry. I mean, we, there is a bright future to this industry, despite everything that we've that we've talked about. Um, if we get the right people and, and the right businesses and the right regulatory and and supply chain environment isn't the jack i mean there's there is you know there's a lot still uh to be optimistic about isn't there oh god yeah you know we all we all love what we do that's why we do it and and yeah there's always challenges along the way which there would be in any industry but the more challenges that hit us the more resilient we become the the better we get and that that's going to keep happening you know so uh it's a it's a great industry to get into i think we will get more people on board and um yeah fingers crossed some some good times anna you, you feel the same way yeah i'm, I'm always optimistic i mean as, as jack said you know there's some great people in the industry um we're, we're well connected you know we're, we're a passionate industry and we're all hopefully pushing towards the same goals um at the end of the day you know we we believe in our welfare standards, you know, they're some of the best in the world. And um, I think we're, we're pretty good at communicating. We, we can always do better at communicating that to people. But um, yeah, I mean, people are always going to need food. <laughs> exactly. And they're always going to need, they're always going to need pork and they're definitely always going to need uh, bacon. So yeah, absolutely. And that's a brilliant way to finish. Uh, and I, I, you know, I fully uh, agree with that, but we do well, we need a little bit of um, we need a little bit of a, a, a rapid change in the market now, and we need a, you know some longer term uh, support. Uh, and, and then if we get all of that, uh, we're going to have a, a thriving industry. Uh, look, both, thank you very very much for your time. It's been a great discussion, and uh, well done on, on the challenge. Uh, and as I said, um, 
by the time this comes out, uh, I think the miles might have been completed, but you can uh, still donate. So if you, if, if you haven't done so, uh, please do. Uh, Jack and Anna, thank you uh, both very, very much. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. That was Alistair Driver with Jack Bosworth and Anna Longthorpe. Following the previous interview, a massive congratulations to all of those who took part in the YNPA challenge, which is now finished and at the last count had more than 1,450 miles that have been covered and more than £2,700 raised. So if you haven't done so already, don't forget to donate at www.justgiving.com slash fundraising slash YNPA challenge 21. And here are some of the news stories to have affected the pig sector over the past few weeks. High feed prices and shortage of straw continue to be major concerns across the country, as margins remain under pressure with some producers reportedly quitting the industry. While the steady rise in pig prices over the past three months has been welcome, input costs remain at record, at record levels, averaging 174 pence per kilogram in the first quarter of this year, according to AHDB figures. With wheat and soya prices remaining high, that is unlikely to have changed significantly during the current quarter, and the situation is taking a heavy toll on producers, according to members of the MPA's pig industry group. Meanwhile, a lack of available labour due to Brexit and COVID is having an impact across the sector, including in meat plants, on farms, and other parts of the allied industry. The British Meat Processors Association has said that the processing capacity could soon be affected by the shortages, with some plants already choosing to prioritise certain lines. The BMPA is calling for an easing of Home Office rules on people coming to work in the UK from the EU. NFU President Manette Baters has called for assurances from the government over the impact of a UK-Australia free trade agreement on UK farmers after an agreement in principle was announced. Under the deal, tariffs on meat imports from Australia will be totally phased out over 10 years, with quotas then limiting volumes coming in for a further five years. While the threat from pork imports is limited, the concern for the pig sector is that this will set a worrying precedent for future deals with the likes of the US, Canada and Mexico. China's pig herd appears to be well and truly on the road to recovery, up 23.5% in May on a year earlier, according to figures from the Ministry of Agriculture and Rural Affairs. The breeding herd is also growing and getting close to pre-African swine fever levels. Prices in China are falling, and while import demand remains strong, it is forecast to ease this year. And finally, a massive congratulations to Dingley Delcourt, who has been named the Star Award Champion of Champions at the 2020-21 British Charcuterie Awards. Thanks for listening to this episode of Pigs Today. For more daily updates on the pig sector and all the latest news, head to our website, pig-world.co.uk and follow us on Twitter at pigworldmag. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to leave us a five-star review.